Hello, and thank you for joining us on our Fort Road Victory Church podcast. If you'd like to learn more about us or get connected, please head to our website at frvc.ca. Now on with the sermon. I want to thank you again for watching online. Pastor Paul here. It is Sunday, July the 12th. You know, as we're still not able to gather together at the building, we're starting a brand new ministry, and I'm hoping that you will get excited about joining us. It's called Fort Road Victory House Churches. You know, there have been a few people that have been asking, when can we start having services? And and this is a step towards gathering. So I'm hoping that people will see this as a as a, a viable opportunity, not necessarily the best one, but it's a start, right? I want to give a shout out to our house churches that are starting this weekend and those who are attending with them this morning. God bless you for being faithful and opening your home and sharing in God's word and being able to experience God's power as you minister to one another in your homes. So one of the advantage of house churches that it has over meeting in a sanctuary is that people can discuss and ask questions regarding the message. You know, it's really what true discipleship is about. You need that interaction. I can't just be the one that's preaching and not have people giving me feedback as to what they maybe are questioning or what they believe might be something different. So in essence, this is what the house church is going to do. They're going to be able to discuss right after the message. So we're not going to do a live discussion anymore with Pastor Shelley and myself because we will be opening ourselves at, you know, for a house church as well. So what that means is once the message is done, you're basically done for the day and um, the house church will continue to do house church discussions regarding the message. So this is how it's going to work. On Thursdays, the house church hosts will post if they are open to receive guests for Sunday. And again, if you want to be a part of that membership, it is FRV House Church. And so then again, the hosts will post on there. And if you're a member, then you can ask to be invited to one of the homes that are open. And then you will message them directly and they'll message you back saying, yes, we have a spot available for you or no, our home is filled. And that's how we're going to get to do this. And slowly we'll be able to draw attention to people that want to meet together. And it's practically what's what um, we're being called to do right now. As much as we wish we could just open up and, and just have regular church. But we already know regular church the way we saw it before and the way we're doing it. It's not going to be the same. So we're starting to make steps towards that. Wow, 17 weeks behind us now. The world is on a mission. You know what that mission is? That mission is to continue to flatten the curve. And now they're working on a vaccine and also to jumpstart the economy that has just been so depressed throughout the whole world. And we're all feeling the effects of it. Now, here's a question for you. Now, meanwhile, in this pandemic, what is the church to do during this time? You and I, the church, right? What is the mission of the church? Pandemic or no pandemic, it's easy to set a course for comfort and then dial it in and then sail towards that in life. And right now, everybody that's in this right now is settling into a routine. The aim is for most people to find out what is safe and comfortable during this time and make that our goal. I kind of like to call it COVID Christianity, right? At first, the rug was pulled out from under all of us, so we had to regain our bearings. But it's been 17 weeks. We've learned how to adjust to life living in COVID. Even though we aren't meeting in this physical building that we call church, you and I are still the church. Yes, the church building was just that, a building. So without the building, what are you and I supposed to be accomplishing for the Lord during this time? For some, I know it's 
thank God I'm, I'm a Christian. I'm isolated and I'm safe at home and it's not wise for me to do any outreach because I have to maintain this two meter distance from people. It's not safe to do any service and it's not good to support the church financially because I need to make sure that I have enough to get through this pandemic. I get it. I really get that. But this is what I mean when, it, when we start to aim for this something comfortable and then try to make it comfortable for us. This is COVID Christian life. That's not what we're called to do. COVID Christianity 2020 is to live a life without a godly mission in mind. We've got to get past that. If survival was the goal of a Christian's life, then you and I wouldn't be here meeting as a church. Think about that for a minute. Jesus would have said to his disciples before he ascended to his father, you know, things are going to get really tough because I'm not going to be around you guys anymore. So do whatever you can to find a comfortable life. You know me, you know, and, and I'm going to come back for you. So just be comfortable. If they had decided to live like that, then we wouldn't be here today proclaiming the Lord Jesus Christ. That's not what Jesus said. If you've got your Bibles, turn with me to Matthew 28, and I'm going to read from verses 18 to 20. And Jesus says here, he came and he told his disciples, it says in verse 18, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you, and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. When Jesus gave this commission to the church, he was speaking with a voice of authority, not a voice of suggestion. He gave this mandate to the church of that day, not simply to talk about him, but to make disciples. Who make disciples? And that's what we're supposed to be doing today. So that leads us to the significant question, what is a disciple? You know, the simplest definition of a disciple is one whose thinking and knowledge and conduct are dedicated to his teacher. So, basically, a disciple is a learner or a pupil. The Greek philosophers, people such as Socrates and Plato, Aristotle, they all had disciples, right? Socrates himself described, was described ultimately as a disciple of Homer. Now, Jesus Christ was a rabbi, and of course, he was a teacher and a disciple maker. Wherever he walked his students would follow. At the beginning of his public ministry, he chose particular individuals to be his disciples. What were they required to do? Really, just to follow him. They memorized his teachings and the principles that he spoke of wherever they walked. People didn't file an application to get into the school of Jesus. He selected his disciples. He went on to prospective disciples where they were, whether they were in the marketplace or whether they were at their place of work, and he gave the simple command, follow me. That command was literal. He called them to drop everything they were doing, their present duties, leave their work, leave their family and their friends in order to be a student and a learner of Jesus. Um, ultimately, it wasn't just a teacher that the disciples were submitted to. It was the Lord Jesus Christ, master, their authority. That's the essence of discipleship, submitting your whole life fully to the authority of Christ. See, the difference with the Greek philosophers, they learned from their teachers and then they tried to improve on the teachings of their teachers. That's not the case with Jesus Christ's disciples, right? We're called to understand and teach only what God has revealed through Christ. The Great Commission is what I read in Matthew 28. It's the mission. That's the mission that we have to. It's a call for people who consider themselves Christ's disciples to share the gospel with everyone so that more people can make Jesus Christ their master. This calling is not simply a call to evangelism, nor is it merely a call to get students enrolled into seminaries and Bible schools. It's a call to teach and raise up other new disciples of Christ who are people who've made this conscious commitment in their heart 
and in their minds to follow the thinking and conduct of Jesus Christ for their life forever. Can I tell you something? The process of discipleship, it's a lifelong experience. We've seen this firsthand with our life program at the church, right? It definitely has an advantage, but it only touches the surface of how deep this process of discipleship really is. When we're involved in discipleship, we don't graduate until we get to heaven because it is a lifelong experience of learning the mind of Christ, the following and the will of Christ, and then submitting ourselves in complete obedience to his lordship. Instead of discipling and mentoring others, some would rather substitute things like, well, I'm just going to have daily devotions, or maybe I'll have this long solitude of prayer sessions with, with God, or maybe I'll go give to the poor. You know what? These are good but they're not discipleship making, okay? They're not disciple making. Every one of us, young or old, American, African, Asian, believer, unbeliever, we're engaged in some form of discipleship. Every one of us. Every one of us follows someone and every one of us carries a significant influence upon someone else, right? So from the beginning of time, God gave us a choice to follow him or follow Satan. So truly, we're all disciples, but of whom? Are we disciples of? That's a question. So if we're disciples of Christ, then here's the thing. We have a mission. I read it to you. And that mission doesn't change just because we're in isolation. So let me say it again. Isolation doesn't change the mission. Unfortunately, that mission is to be disciple makers. And guess what? It's going to come with opposition. Because anything we know that's worth starting is worth finishing. Let me read from you a passage where Jesus explains this. In Luke chapter 9, verses 57 to 62, he says, As they were walking along, someone said to Jesus, this actually happened. It wasn't just a story he came up with, but this was actually an event. It says, I will follow you wherever you go. But Jesus replied, Foxes have dens to live in, and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place even to lay his head. He said to another person, Come follow me. The man agreed, but he said, Lord, let me first return home and bury my father. But Jesus told him, let the spiritually dead bury their own dead. Your duty is to go preach about the kingdom of God. Another said, yes, Lord, I will follow you. But first, let me say goodbye to my family. But Jesus told him, anyone who puts a hand to the plow and then looks back is not fit for the kingdom of God. Wow, that last verse, that is a real kicker. A person who would read that and not know what Jesus meant would think, wow, Jesus, a little rude, don't you think? But he was making a point. A person who's always looking back at what he's leaving behind doesn't have faith for what lies ahead of them. If you're going to be committed to what's ahead of you, you can't keep looking back at what you've got, at what was comfortable, at what is uh, things that you've succeeded in. You've got to trust God ahead of you. See, when you're looking back, you're more comfortable with what you've accomplished, Right? What you've accomplished is more comfortable than trusting God for whatever it is that lies ahead. See, discipleship making, that's our mission. It's the act of faith. Stepping out of this comfortable COVID life and seeing the possibility that there are people around me who don't know who Jesus is, it should compel me to do something in order for them to want to know him. You know, here's the thing. Be careful because it's easy to get into, well, I have to do this. Pastor said I have to do this. The Bible said I have to do this because it's what we're called to do. Yeah, that's true. But be careful because even though it is true, that mission that we are called to do, it has to be rooted in love. Otherwise, it becomes trying to do this on our own strength. What motivates us to make disciples has to come from Christ's love. 
That is his love for us and his love for them. When we truly understand that Jesus Christ loves us, he loved us so much that he wants us to be followers of him. And then we can see the same love that he has for other people around us. That should compel you and I to continue to, to proclaim this message of Jesus Christ's salvation and this message of love to others. Because if we honestly, if we try to attempt to make the disciples out of our own strength, it's going to wear thin and then one day it's going to burn you out. You and I have been there trying to help someone out out of our own love and draining our own strength and resources that we have. And then we don't want anything to do with that person later on because it's just been too much of a, a burden for us. That, that is just, again, proof that we can't do this on our own strength. We can't do this on our own love. We might think that we have a lot of love for people, but truly it's got to come out of Christ's love for us and Christ's love for them. And when that love fills us, then we're not going to feel drained and we're not going to give up on somebody. If God has patience for that person, guess what? We're going to need that kind of patience as well. We can't save them. We can only point them to Christ. And how we live our lives will determine whether or not they even want to have what we have. I want to finish today with a really important verses on, on, on this love that I'm talking about. It's 1 Corinthians 13, 1 to 3. It says, If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't have love for others, I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy, and if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, and if I had such faith that I could move mountains but didn't love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Everything that Paul talks about in these few verses are good things, but if they're not rooted in love, then everything we're trying to do accomplishes nothing. Think about that as we're trying to, to gain some kind of purpose and mission and understand that the mission that we have is still a mission that the disciples of the early church had. We still have that same mission to make disciples. And so if we're not doing it in love, it's going to be burdensome on ourselves. It's going to be something we don't want to do. We're going to resort back to, hey, what's comfortable during this time? Because I really don't want to have to get in contact with people that I, I don't know and I might be, you know, transmitting something or I might be getting something from them. We've got to remember that it's Christ's love that, that compels us to move and to talk with people, to share with people and to tell them that Jesus Christ loves them. Remember, church, our mission hasn't changed because we're in isolation. It should be even more compelling. I hope you were blessed by this short talk. I, I really feel that, that the house church is a way to, to move towards this, this greater gathering that we're going to have. And so if you aren't a member of house church yet, would you please go to Facebook, FRV House Church, and sign up. You've got to answer some questions so that you can the administrator can accept you and, and approve your membership. And then from there, you'll see all the invitations that each host will be putting on so that you can go and attend one of their homes, have these discussions. We need to. We need to know what really is a disciple. Am I a disciple? If I'm a disciple, then I'm making other disciples. I can't just be a follower of Jesus Christ and not be doing the commission that God has for us. It's not right. It's not what God has called us to do. If we really are Christ's followers, then we've got to follow what he says. I hope you enjoyed this. God bless you. Well, we hope you got a lot out of today's sermon. If you'd like to connect with us, please feel free to check out our website at frvc.ca. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Have a great day, everyone.